0: Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. You have things that you want to get out there into the world. And that's perfect. Because guess what? You can do it right here on Spotify for Podcasters. And it's free. You don't need anything but your phone. No money for a lot of expensive equipment. Just grab your phone, go to Spotify for podcasters, and get your voice heard. We're going to talk about forgiveness and reverence and a little apologetics concerning a purgatory today, because that was in the readings. Don't know if you even knew that you were reading a gospel reading That people use in apologetics to defend purgatory. How about that? But first, let's start with forgiveness, because part of that gospel is all about Jesus saying, Hey, 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 hey. When he says truly, we ought to be paying attention. But we are not to be going to the altar, putting our offerings right down there to God, if we remember that we're not straight with our brother. That word brother means anybody. (laughs) So if you have been going to Mass and been receiving the Eucharist, Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity, which we all know we have to be in a state of grace in order to do. And unfortunately, we all know that God says, if we do not forgive, he will not forgive us. Not to mention in this gospel, Jesus says, "Uh uh-uh, don't do it. Don't. Damn yourself to hell. What are you doing as far as forgiveness and reverence for the Lord in mass? Let's take forgiveness first. People have been following me for years and they hear me say this all the time, but I know that there are new listeners every single day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So some people may not have heard that forgiving someone truly means, and it only means, forgiving the debt that you believe they owe you. Maybe it's an apology. Maybe they owe you money. Maybe they owe you more than that. Like I don't know, to tell other people that you said something because they ruined your reputation or something like that. Maybe it was a physical trauma. Maybe this person is gone. They're not even here on this earth anymore. And you've been harboring this resentment and hatred for this person. All these are real. I'm not telling you you're you're not justified in your feelings. I'm just telling you what God said, which is you must forgive yourself, by the way, and others. But don't freak out if your feelings and your emotions aren't associated with that action. So here's what you do every single day when you're praying to God. And darn it, you better be praying every single day out there, people. But I digress because we need God. The whole soul, mind and body starts with soul for a reason. So when you're praying to God every day, you just say, Lord, I forgive XYZ person for the XYZ thing they did to me. And I relieve them of all the debt that that I think they owe me. Because you may think they owe you something, but technically, maybe they don't. I don't know. Crazier things have happened, right? So what we have to do with that is let it go. And eventually, I'm telling you this because it happened to me. It took six months, but eventually the feelings will follow. You will think of that person and you won't get that pit in your stomach. You won't get that feeling of disdain. You won't get that blood pressure raising and your temperature going and your heartbeat popping out of your chest. You will have feelings of love. Love means to desire the good another person. You want to will it for that person. So you start to care for them. You start to see them in God's eyes, not your eyes, because your eyes look at them as a complete selfish jerk who hurt you so bad, doesn't even care on with their life. But God looks at them and says, this is my child, my broken, damaged child who does not know me. Or who doesn't know me enough for me to come into their life, change their heart. So what we should be doing instead is praying for those people. It's really hard to pray for someone and hate them at the same time. <laughs> so it's another act that helps us connect our heart to God. And then of course, ask God to change our heart. You know, Lord, I'm, I'm doing my best to relieve this debt from this person, but boy, it'd be great if you could change my heart to think of this person like you do, to love this person like you do. This might be someone you haven't talked to in 10, 20, 30 years. You may not be able to rectify anything with someone who is no longer on this earth. But we can go through that action and better yet, take it to Jesus in confession. Say that you are struggling with forgiveness because that is blocking you from God. It's blocking you from his voice. It's blocking you from his grace. It's muddying the waters. It's putting earmuffs and earplugs on at the same time. So you just aren't able to hear him. And none of us want that. And by the way, we all know that if we're mad at someone else and we want to give them poison, it's like us drinking it ourselves. Now let's go back to reverence. So if this is something that's going on in your life and you're receiving the Lord, We've got to take that action to forgive the debt of that person that we think that they owe us, take it to confession, and then we can receive the Lord. I think we all need to look at ourselves every single Sunday. If you're only going on Sunday, which is okay. I mean, that's the obligation. Make it work. Make it mean something. Really worship God. It'll change the way you attend Mass. I swear it will. Even though I'm not supposed to swear. You know what I mean? (laughs) I know it will. Because when you read the readings before, when you get there early, when you stay a little late, when you truly pray and you bring Mary in during the whole celebration, You walk out of there different. If you are walking out of mass, the same person as you walked in, you did not worship reverently at mass. It's just, that's it. And don't think that Satan doesn't come into those four walls. He does. And when you have distractions and when impure thoughts come into your mind, like they do with me sometimes, cast out those spirits. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce the spirit of impurity, of distraction, of lack of piety. And I command you to go to the foot of the Holy Cross. I mean, it's funny sometimes how quickly they flee. And then I just look up at the tabernacle and wink at Jesus, you know, like, thanks. (laughs) It's awesome. All right, purgatory. I tried to record this podcast three times. (laughs) And every time I went to go look at the readings on my phone, Something was weird with my application for Spotify. So I would go back and it would turn off. So let's try this again. Alrighty, we are at Matthew 5, verse 20 through 26. Jesus says to his disciples, I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said, To your ancestors you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment, and whoever says to his brother Raka will be answerable to the Sanhedrin, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the fiery Gehenna. We're going to talk about that, the third Flub here is whoever says you fool will be liable to the fiery Gehenna. That means you're going to hell. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar. Go first and be reconciled with your brother and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the court, while on the way to court with him. Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Amen, I say to you. You will not be released until you have paid the last penny. Whenever God says amen, or truly, or therefore, we ought to be paying attention. He's slapping us upside the head when he says that. So we're going to look at two verses. By the way, I searched on that beautiful inner web that we have all this information. By the way, ignorance is a choice in the time that we are in. Information is everywhere. What we need to do is discern the information that we receive. So if you want to learn about any of the teachings, for pur- like purgatory, for example, just go online. You can even use that Google machine. Type in purgatory, Bible verse, Catholic. And you'll see Catholic stuff about it, which is great. So the National Catholic Register has 11 Bible verses that justify or defend purgatory. And there are two of those Bible verses in the gospel that we read today. So let me just dive into those. I will put this link for the National Catholic Register in the description for those of you who want to look at the other nine. Actually, I might even do one more. So you might have eight that you have to look for, because I thought the one that was after this was pretty cool. And I know many of you know that verse. All right, Matthew 5, 22. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother shall be liable to the council. And whoever says you fools shall be liable to the hell of fire. It's funny. The National Catholic Register is not using the USCCB uh, writings or version of the Bible. Interesting. All right, so here's what they say about that particular verse. St. Francis de Sales commented, It is only the third offense which is punished with hell. Therefore, in the judgment of God, after this life, there are other pains which are not eternal nor infernal. These are the pains of purgatory. That's awesome. Okay, Matthew 5, 26. This verse says, truly, I say to you, but the one that I read from the USCCB says, amen, I say to you, regardless, truly, amen, therefore, they're important words. (laughs) Pay attention when you see them in the Bible. So Matthew 5, 26, truly, I say to you, you will never get out till you have paid the last penny. Okay, the prison, you know, we talked about prison here. The prison alluded to in verse 25 is purgatory. According to... Tertullian, St. Cyprian, Origen, St. Ambrose, and St. Jerome, while the penny represents the most minor sins that one commits. You know, you're going to be in there until until you pay off your last venial sin. All right, I like this last one, so I'm going to do a third, because it has nothing to do with this gospel, but I just like it. And it's Matthew still, still kind of in the same book at least. Matthew 12, 32. And whoever says a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Here's the explanation and the tying to purgatory. If this sin cannot be forgiven after death, it follows that there are others which can be, and this must be in purgatory precisely the interpretation of St. Augustine, Pope, St. Gregory the Great, the the venerable Bede, and St. Bernard, among others. So there you go. The only sin not forgiven in this age and the age to come is speaking against the Holy Spirit. But what about all those other ones? After you die, you have the ability of having those sins forgiven. Purgatory is a rough one. That's a tough concept, but check out the article and start learning why this is the mind part of the soul, mind, and body. The more we know, the better we are going to be able to speak about God and what he wants us to do, how he wants us to live, not to mention, we're going to be able to lean back on the word. I like the visual of me when someone's talking to me and they're, I call it blowback. And I just feel like it's just someone coming at me with something, something against my beliefs, whether it's my faith or my political views or what I believe is going on in this world about the evil and what's right and what's wrong. I just, (laughs) I picture them like with their mouth wide open, just screaming at me with just lines of voice pushing me back. But right behind me is the world's biggest Bible and it's just propping me up. They can scream at me and have the hurricane winds of their voice pushing me back, but I'm only going to go back a couple of centimeters because boom, God's word is holding me up. And by the way, who's holding up that Bible? God right behind it. So we have to remember what we have and what they don't and why They are so angry because they don't have truth. They live, they, you know, I'm using that typical they word, but the people that are in the ideology of things that are anti-Christ believe what they believe because they are emotionally charged by everything. They live their life based on their feelings. This is why God says it's not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. And that's why we need to control our thoughts and emotions and feelings because they just drive us to do things that are not virtuous. It's really simple when you look at it, but when you're in the midst of it and you haven't quite seen the clarity of God's message and know how easy it is just to fall back on it because it's not me. I look at whoever I'm talking to when I'm bringing up God's word, I say, look, I wasn't too happy about this myself. You know, like when I first saw this, I was like, holy cow, what do you mean? Like, I've got to change my life too. I wasn't thrilled about what I was learning. And God eventually changed my heart. And then eventually my heart then changed my thoughts, which changed my words, which changed my deeds, which showed me on the other side of this sin that I was living, how much freedom there is. So to recap, let's forgive, let's forgive the debt and let God do the rest in his time. Every single day, let's offer up that forgiveness of the debt that we think They owe us. Let's approach Sunday or any time that we're going to receive the Eucharist with reverence. And if you haven't offered up that apology or that, um, I shouldn't say apology, that forgiveness to God and taken it to confession, then refrain from receiving the Lord until you do. This is a big deal, everyone. Forgiveness is not something to be taken lightly. When God says he's not going to forgive you if you don't forgive, that's, that's huge. He means it. He means it. And last but not least, now you know a little bit about purgatory. Keep learning. Keep digging. Don't forget to say purgatory in the catechism of the Catholic Church. By the way, I put a video out just yesterday because I think People need help. When you're calling out sin from somebody else, you know you have to do it. You have to do it. I think I mentioned that yesterday and I read the Bible verse, Ezekiel. It's our job. But if we do it in love, that's what the video does. It says why we must speak up and call out sin. But how do you do it? How? That's the most critical aspect of it all. So I go through what you have to do and how you should do it. But you, as N equals one, when you're going to go talk to that other person, N equals two, whoever that is, you have to do a little bit of your own soul searching. You know that person. You know what Bible verses may or may not work. A Bible verse itself may not work. So you may have to speak the Bible verse in your own slang language with this person. But regardless, go watch that video because it actually does take you through it. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. Same with forgiveness. The first time you offer it to God and you say that you forgive the debt, you're going to want to hold on to it because you've trained yourself to hate this person, to have these emotions, to have this kind of feeling through your body every time you think about that person. And your body is familiar with that. It knows it, even though you don't want it anymore. I'm sure you're trying to forgive. It's familiar to you. So you stay in this sin because it's familiar. Not because you want to, but because you've trained yourself (laughs) to love this hell you're in. It's that simple. So that's why it's a daily thing. And we can also talk about how do you reprogram the subconscious mind? That will be some other stuff that we will cover when we get kind of into more of the, the mind and the body scientific stuff, just kind of the biological, chemical, and psychological things that we have to deal with. But I think right now with the focus on God, because that's the most important That's where I mean, I'm like, how can I stress this enough? Look, if you're not praying, you will not be saved. I'm not telling you that. St. Augustine's saying it, St. Alphonsus Liguori, St. Teresa of Avila, and of course, God. Jesus prayed. If we don't build that relationship, we're not going to discern. We're not going to hear his voice. We're going to be unaware of grace flowing into our lives and God showing up everywhere. It is soul, mind, and body, but darn it, soul is first because everything else comes very easily <laughs> with God. He'll open your mind. He'll, he'll make the aha moments click for you. You'll all of a sudden be like, oh, I got to do something about this body. I'm so tired. I'm so weighed down. I can't even like get through the day without wanting a nap, without feeling my body in pain. And you could also be on the emotional, psychological aspect of it. I am so tired of being anxious and fearful and worried and constantly being in my own mind and battling this depression and this state of being that I'm constantly in. And that is a physical thing as well as a mental thing. So when you work out your brain, I've talked about this before, definitely in the Soul, Mind and Body membership group on YouTube, your brain, when you work out your body, the best exercise for your brain is doing that because your body needs to trigger all of your muscles to move. Your coordination, your heart to beat, your lungs to breathe, your muscles to contract and relax and all that stuff. That's part of what your brain is doing. It's exercising way more than those Sudoku puzzles, those word games and all that other stuff. Those are good, but your body really and your brain really responds to exercise. And I'm going to tell you this because as much as I know it, it's a matter of applying it If you have aches, it's because you don't have muscle in your hands, in your hips, in your knees, in your ankles, in your back, in your shoulders, in your neck. When was the last time that you worked out your muscles, that you built muscle, so I've been doing a little bit of strength training. Sorry, this is getting long here, kids. I've been doing some strength training. We, we brought this old, old bench out of the basement crawl space and I've been using it and it's been really cool. I've been actually trying to compress my skeleton, like my bones by putting more weight in my lunges and everything. I can barely get the the bar off of my shoulders because I want to increase my bone density. That's one of the things, if we don't work out, we lose our bone density. And then when you become 60, 70 years old and you fall, you break break a, a hip or something like that. I don't want that. And by the way, I got on my scale and I noticed that my bone density went up. So whatever I'm doing in this short amount of time is thickening my bones All I'm saying is God needs to come first. So I don't care how you learn how to pray. I really don't. I've got a video program. It's 40 days. I walk with you on video. If you enjoy that, do it. It is a very kind of, it's like prayer 101. So if you've already got a prayer life and you're already in it every single day and you want to take it to the next level and you want to know about mental prayer I'm not sure if this one is it. I mean, this does go through mental prayer, by the way. It's an Ignatius, Ignatian spirituality. But what I'm going to put together is a Carmelite Ignatian spirituality kind of combo thing, which is more mental prayer. And it's not just going to be, you know, a 15 minute thing. It's like, I'm going to do a half an hour meditation. Um, maybe I'll do a shorter one too. I'll start with a shorter one just to get you guys in the groove. But there are so many different prayer programs and prayer things out there to help you. All I ask is that you please take your soul seriously because anything that you try to do to change your life or to help change others by your witness, right? When you do better, they do better. It's going to be easier when you've got God with you. When you're walking in the spirit, you're living in the spirit. All right. Gosh, I didn't mean to smack that. I've been doing that on videos and I've been editing it out. So another thing. Anyway, I notice it. You may not notice it, but now you are going to notice it because I've made a point to (laughs) mention it to you all. Okay, let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow, Father, you brought a lot to our eyes today. A lot to our hearts on forgiveness and reverence and the true Gift of purgatory, because we all just pray to get in there. Lord, we need you in our life. If anyone who is praying with us right now, Lord, does not have a prayer life, I ask that you touch their heart, that you open it, that you give them some consolation. Show yourself to them. Have them know How amazing prayer is with you when you give us that little consolation. For forgiveness, please help all of those people out there who are resentment, who are resenting others, who hold resentment in their heart, so that they can be free. And please, Lord, allow the emotions and the thoughts of that person to be loving like you see them as soon as possible. And lastly, we want to worship you in mass. Help us to be reverent. Remind us, convict us today to go to confession. In your name, Jesus, we love you so much. We pray in your holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, my gosh. What a walk. (laughs) What a journey. Thank you, God, for opening my eyes. Thank you, God, for the courage that you give me today. And Lord, please help me. Help me live what you've told me to live today which is being a loving, forgiving person, being a reverent person. When I think of you, when I talk to you, you are God. And giving me the grace to speak truth about all of your teachings and of your Catholic church. Mary, excuse me, Mary, please take our left hand. Holy Spirit, take our right Walk with us through this day, guardian angel. Guide us, lead us, and protect us. Be loud with the messages and defend us in this battle today. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So go live your identity as a child of God. You are the Father's daughter and son. You are Jesus's brother and sister. And you are the holy temple of the Holy Spirit. Treat yourself that way. You deserve it. He deserves it. Bring God into your heart. Ask him for the grace to do all that today. And you got it, guy and girl. I was going to say, you got it, girl. But there's guys out there. I can't really use girl like I can guys as a gender gender neutral term. It just doesn't work. Okay. I love you all. No joke. Gosh, I'm so happy to be walking with you. This is exciting, isn't it? You should be ecstatic about what God's doing in your life. If you're paying attention and you're seeing these little things and you're finding out these little patterns and you're like, wow, what a difference is when you pay attention in the 24 hour journey of the day. It's amazing. So get on out there. And have a blessed and inspired day.